Well, David, the 2022 offseason is in full swing, and I think it's time to take a look at the biggest needs the Chargers have as they head into free agency and the draft and a couple of free agent options that could fix a lot of those issues. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer, and we've been covering the Chargers now for over six seasons, doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, to start. Now this is our fourth season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers Podcast, bringing you your team every day but welcome into the show guys thank you for making us your first listen we very much appreciate it and we'll keep this chargers content coming for the entire off season but on today's show we wanted to open up to some twitter tuesday so we have a lot of good questions to get into but if you haven't already make sure to subscribe to the new locked on chargers youtube channel it also followed the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from but we did get a good batch david and it's something we'll definitely continue to do you know and get your guys's interest and see what your questions are and things like that as the offseason keeps going because we're going to be here every day we want to know what you guys want to hear about and the other thing is is there's so much to talk about with this team there's a lot of needs that they need filled and that's how we're going to start the show today by just getting into the top five biggest needs that position wise that we have for the charge going into the season then segment two we'll get into who could fill those needs potentially in free agency because there's some big names out there that could definitely help the chargers and then we'll wrap the show up by talking about a lot of other things like, it, you know, the things we loved most about Brandon Staley in his first season, including, you know, and also some of the things we didn't like as much from Brandon Staley's first season. Maybe a breakout candidate for the Chargers in 2022 and what we expect to see from Josh Palmer after a pretty successful rookie season. So let's start here, David, with the biggest needs for the Chargers. We got asked on Twitter about this. So it definitely was a great question that we got from Taylon, who asked the five positional needs going into the draft and free agency. I have my five ready to go, David, but I want to hear yours first. Are we going to go all five right off the bat, or are we just going to give you the first one right uh, right, right now? No, go all five. All five. All right. Five to good. one. Let's rip the Band-Aid off right now. Five, five to, to one. one. Um, going explosive speed uh, and an open field threat. I need a wide receiver that can really, really make moves in the open field and, and get those yards uh, on those quick passes that every offense in the NFL likes to use. Number four, it's edge help. They need more guys that can get after the quarterback. Number three is right tackle. Number two is corner. Number one is defensive tackle. They got to continue to invest um, in the spine of the team. They did a good job of addressing the offensive line last year. They need to go ahead and flip things over to the defensive side and make that a focus this year. It's funny because we have the same list in a slightly different order, and I think that where I'm interested is you thinking that corner is the second biggest need for the team. Is that just knowing Chris Harris Jr. isn't going to be there and now having kind of second thoughts about Michael Davis or what's the reason for it being that high? The reason that I have it that high is, yeah, I have a little, I have some questions on Michael Davis, but I think he's going to get better, but it's more so the fact that you had to see Chris Harris Jr. Go out there and play a lot of meaningful snaps and obviously, you know, saw his decline pretty rapidly. And also Tavon Campbell having a, having to put him on, on the field a lot and him getting targeted a lot as well. I just think they need to sincerely upgrade that position, get some more youth, get some more athleticism, and continue to really bolster that. I think corner is one of those positions in the NFL that 
uh, is really starting to be incredibly important. And it shows with how much money these guys are starting to make per year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you can never have enough good corners, and the Chargers just in general need more impact defensive players that we've talked about before. So my list was an explosive playmaking, you know, wide receiver, someone that can do all the things that you don't have right now. And I think there are guys, you know, who can take the top off the defense while also being a yak guy who can actually create for himself after the catch, which is just something that the Chargers don't have. I have an edge rusher at number four, same as you. I'm at corner three, right tackle two in defensive tackle number one. And I think the thing about defensive tackle is even though that's the number one need, in my opinion, just because I think you need, you know, and you look around the league and see the teams out there, David, that are really successful. A lot of them have really, really good defensive lines. It's not one good player like the Chargers have in Joey Bosa, like one really good player. I mean, most of the good ones have two or three really, really good players and an elite player, right? So I think that's something you have to add to while also knowing maybe that guy doesn't fit at number 17. Maybe you do have to go a different direction there. Maybe it's something you feel better about handling in free agency, but I just don't know if the Band-Aid, you know, Limbaugh, Joseph, Brandon Meebane signing is going to do it. It's probably going to be adding veterans and also adding young help in the draft and trying to find a defensive, you know, impact player there. But right tackle is huge as well, too, just because that's another position where even with, you know, seeing what Trey Pipkins was able to do in limited action, I mean, you don't really feel good about Storm Norton, obviously. And then you still have Trey Pipkins behind him, but now you expect Brian Bulaga to come off the books. So you need a foundational piece there or at least someone that can come in in free agency that can help you out and while you groom somebody else at that position. Because right now, you know, the answer isn't on the roster potentially if you let go of Brian Bulaga, which with the injury things that he's had, I mean, you expect that to happen. Yeah, I mean, I think looking at it right now, the dream scenario would be to get another guy like a Rashawn Slater <laughs> to play on the other side of the line. Obviously, I'm not expecting that to happen. But my point is to bring in a young player that they can really get there and groom together and really play together and get that chemistry going from the beginning and hopefully have these guys be one of those offensive lines that play together for four five, six consecutive years and really, you know, know what each other is thinking and how they're going to block and how they're going to play without even having to communicate. That's how that's built. That's built by playing together throughout the years uh, in the NFL. So that's what I'm hoping that they do. But regardless of how they address it, they need to bring in a right tackle that's hopefully durable uh, that can yeah. show up and, and and play and play at a competent level. I think right guards also an underrated need as well. They don't it really is. have anybody right there um, at that position that you can really feel a hundred percent comfortable with or confident with. I mean, you had a band aid after Odeyabushi, and Odeyabushi was a one year deal uh, as it stands anyway. So the right side of the offensive line still needs some love. Yeah, one. Well, I mean, you have to look at it as people that are coming back because right now, you know, you don't have Michael Schofield. Or right. him coming back in Odea Bushi at this point. You don't have Brian Blaga probably. So the right side needs help, and you just don't know what you have in Brendan Hymas. And the other things, you know, positions that just missed the cut is like, I think they could use more at linebacker. I mean, we don't know what's yeah, going to happen with Kizir White yet. I think they could probably use a little bit more help at safety just as far as depth goes because you, we know – at this point, those guys aren't going to necessarily be on the field every game. Yeah, I think at safety, you want to bring somebody in that uh, has probably played some ball in their career. Just a veteran type of guy who can really kind of round out that group. They're really young. Yeah. And I think they're really top-heavy with, with Derwin um, and Nas, but uh, they really need another just solid playmaker to throw in there that you feel at least comfortable with that he's going to be able to do his job at, at an adequate level. 
Yeah, exactly. Like a Jaleel Adai, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> not just kidding. I would not <laughs> want to bring back Jaleel Adai. Sucker. Gotcha. But I, I think that at that position, you just need someone that you know can at least play average if one of those yeah. guys goes down, right? Just because yeah. the guys they tried out there, I mean, Alohi Gilman wasn't good. Trey Marshall wasn't good this year. But I think the other big telling thing about this list, David, is just that three of those positions in the top four for both of us are on the defensive Defense. side of things. And it yeah. just seems like you need to add players at each level of the defense and you need an impactful defensive line. It hasn't been that right. Yeah. I just think we were super excited before this year, you know, started that we had impact playmakers at every level <laughs> of the defense, but it wasn't enough impact right. players at every level. And I think that's one thing we're really understanding now after this season, you really see the lack of depth that really plagued this chargers team this year and how important it is to add more talent at every level. I mean, you look at some of those yeah. best defenses in the league, they have multiple guys at each level that are going to come in and make impact plays. And the Chargers don't have that right now. Well, and the Chargers didn't have enough greatness from, you know, Derwin James, Joey Bosa to cover up the deficiencies yeah. from the rest of those even starting guys, right? It's hard to tell, you know, are these really good players? Or are they really good players outside of those two guys that are playing well comparatively? playing next to guys who aren't playing very well. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's one of those things where it's like they need just need a lot more talent on the defensive side, and there's still some guys in free agency it seems like they'll have to bring back as far as internal free agents. But sure. there's also some guys out there that are going to be free agents and could potentially not get franchised out. And the Chargers got that cash money, baby. And the Chargers definitely have some money to spend. So we'll get into some defensive and offensive free agents just at a first glance look at things that could definitely help the Chargers in 2022 after this. But I need to tell you guys that right now is the best time to be betting on sports and the best place to bet on sports is betonline.ag. BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as they continue the march towards the playoffs and beyond, and they remain the number one spot for all best sports wagering and all of the action you're going to see in 2022, especially with the Super Bowl coming up, guys, and just the playoffs in general. BetOnline is the one place you're going to want to go because they're going to give you good, creative bets for you guys to stay interested in these games, especially when the Chargers aren't there, and also turn a little bit of money into a ton of money because they have the best odds, props, and lines that you're going to find. And they have a ton of specials that are going on, especially for the playoffs. You guys get in there right now. You're going to find some great ways to make a lot of money. And with the new year and the new updated desktop and mobile website, you guys can sign up today and receive a free 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You put in some money, and they're going to pay you guys back with some free house money to play with during these playoffs. I mean, we have some big UFC coming up as well. I'm definitely going to be putting some action down on that as well as having the NHL and NBA both going on right now. You can even find your favorite Vegas casino games at Bet Online. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers they have for the 2022 season because Bet Online is where the game starts. All right, David. Well, we want to continue this Twitter Tuesday thing here. And thank you to Taylor for that first question. And we have some more people we want to get into here. And first, I want to get into Abria A, who asked, Who do you think the best possible defensive free agents for the Chargers? to pick up this offseason. And we just talked about, David, how much the Chargers could use impact players on the defensive side. And there's some guys out there that can definitely help. And, I mean, we're going to go in and watch these guys more extensively. Obviously, the season's been over for less than a week, you know, for less than a week and a half at this point. So we have draft people we're going to have to watch. And that's the other thing, too. I mean, we will get into the draft questions. I know we had a lot on this Twitter Tuesday, but just be impossible for us to watch enough guys at this point to do draft talk because we were covering the Chargers all season. So yeah. we're going to continue that and really focus in on the first round picks and guys that could be available at 17, and we'll be getting into that 
very, very soon. But today we wanted to focus on the free agency side of things here, David. So when you were looking at this 2022 free agent class on the defensive side of things, who were some guys that stood out to you? I know that I, I talked about uh, defensive tackle being the biggest need, but there's just one guy that I've had my eye on that I think would really, really help the Chargers, and it's not a defensive tackle. It's an edge rusher, and it's Emmanuel Ogba. I really, really like what I've seen from Emmanuel Ogba the last two years. He's had nine sacks in each of his last two seasons, and I think this is a guy who is still young. You bring him in, you put him on the other side of Joey Bosa, and you let these guys just terrorize opposing quarterbacks and really make everyone around you better. They just need a guy who has proven sack production. Bring in. They got plenty of money to make that deal happen. I like that pick. I really would love to see Agba in lightning bolts. Yeah, I mean, I love, you know, spending money on something that's going to help Joey Bosa and help your pass rush and help your corners, right? And that's yeah. why Edge is such a big need for this team. Maybe it should even be higher, you know, than four on our list. But you expect they're at least going to be interested in bringing Uchen and Wosu back. Sure. You would bring both of these guys in, and I'd be yes. happy with it, right? Just because, like, you need all the help you can get there. Hassan Reddick is another guy that still kind of fits in that mold as a veteran who can play and get pressure and has shown it, especially the last couple of years. But if you are looking at defensive tackles, there are guys out there. I mean, I would still yep. be interested in Nakeem Hicks if that's the older defensive tackle that they he's want to push definitely on after. my list for sure. Yeah, I mean, he's still a disruptor, and I've watched him this season. And, like, he still has some juice there, and I'd still be interested because I think it's going to take more than one guy, right? And I think the other guys that you could keep an eye on are guys like Sebastian Joseph Day, who I've seen, you know, mentioned a lot on social media, a guy that he spent time with with the Rams, and a free agent that got hurt this year and didn't really get to show what he could do. But three sacks in seven games, pretty good. And another guy that can be a disruptive defensive lineman. And the other one, Dave, was B.J. Hill, who's a Cincinnati Bengal right now. That's like a really that. attractive one as a guy who had six sacks this year, two seasons in his career with more than five and a half sacks. What a trade by the Bengals to bring him in this year yeah, and help man. that pass rush out. But those are some guys that, I mean, are they going to fix all the problems? No, but at least you would be heading in the right direction for sure, and you just need just that to, talent. Just to toss one more in real quick, a, a guy I like who I think would really just be a nice body to add to that uh, run-stuffing rotation is Larry Ogunjobi. I just think that guy is a disruptor in the middle and I think he would really help this defensive line. So that's another guy I wouldn't mind uh, the Chargers picking up. Yeah, I mean, that defensive you know, line for the Bengals was very disruptive this year. And he's a guy that, I mean, what, seven sacks, six, seven sacks this year definitely helps that interior pass rush. I know he hasn't been lauded for his run defense this year as much, but definitely a guy that, hey, if you're looking for a rotational guy, somebody that can just help you get some juice on the passing downs, I mean, that's definitely a guy that could help. It would be interested with those raw sack numbers, what that contract would look like. But we also had a question from Kevin who was asking just about, you know, free agency in general. He said, with free agency around the corner, who do you think the charge should target with the needs on the team? And so we'll flip things over to the offensive side since we already answered the other one and had all defenders. And there's some corners out there too, you know, on defense. It's going to be interesting to see what some of those top yeah, guys. Yeah, J.C. Jackson, I know, is a, a name that out there that I know a lot of Charger fans definitely yeah. have their eye on. If they're willing to put up $100 million, the Chargers might be able that's to make probably it, what it was. That's probably what it's going to take. Yeah, Yeah, and I mean, and like what would that do for, you know, Brandon Staley's defense if you just had one dude that could go out there and do that, right? Because the Chargers don't have that. I mean, how much that helps you with everything incredibly else Incredibly impactful. Yeah. yeah. But on the offensive side of things, David, I mean, we talked about the needs, and this is a guy that doesn't pop up in those needs, but one guy I have seen floated around out there that makes a lot of sense is David Njoku, just as a guy yeah. that fits the explosive offensive playmaker role and maybe another guy where 
you might be able to get him cheaper than you would think just because he hasn't had the proven production, but it also seems like that really underutilized player in an offense where you feel like if you bring him in, you can give him those short passes to turn into yards after the catchability. He would fit well with the Chargers offensive system that they're running right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I like that. That, that guy's uh, always been a weapon. I think towards uh, the Chargers this year too. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think he's really hit his full potential. I, I think he's still working towards that. Um, but you see the talent; it's definitely there. He has the size. He has that crazy speed for a tight end. So I wouldn't hate that move at all. Uh, I think two guys. Um, you know, looking more into it, I, I'm a little more apprehensive now. But Brandon Scherf, the guard, um, you know, from the Washington Football Team, he's a guy who is, you know, it seems like. He's been trying to leave that team for like the last four years. They just have been franchised yeah. him over and over again. The thing that gives me some pause is just the, the injury concerns. He has missed 25 games in the last five seasons. So that that is a, a little concerning. I, I don't know how much you really want to put up with that, especially with a player who is 30 years old. Although at offensive line, that's not as big of a, a deal, especially for an interior def- uh, excuse me, interior offensive lineman. The other guy, though, um, is Trent Brown, the right tackle from the Patriots. And <laughs> yeah, he had a little bit of an injury, but in nine games, he only allowed one sack and only nine pressures. So the the dude is is very very good. I think if he's able to stay healthy, uh, he's a guy who on the other side uh, with you know Rashawn Slater on the left side, that would be a pretty dominant offensive line. But it would cost a lot and i mean a lot of money yeah i mean i think i'm staying away from trent brown uh, I, I think i saw enough when he was with the raiders and just you know hasn't been successful outside of the system with the patriots i would definitely stay away as the guy you know they made him a top paid tackle in the league at one point and he was barely passable so True. i don't know if i trust the Chargers up you know to make him fit necessarily but i do think there are some options out there i mean if they want to go a little cheaper Draft a young guy. I mean, Morgan Moses is a guy who had a really good season with the Jets. Best part about him, David, hasn't missed a game since 2015. I love it. Put him at the top of the list, right? I yes. mean, and then the other guy who has been really impressive with the Packers this year is Dennis Kelly at right tackle. Yeah. A guy who was a kind of a backup for the Titans for a while, stepped into a bigger role with them, played pretty successfully, then stepped into a role with the Packers because of a lot of injuries and played pretty well there. So I think especially for the price point and what that guy's going to cost, I think those are guys who that's I would a good definitely sneaky signing. Them. I like that one a lot. My sneaky signing is Corderell Patterson. <laughs> that's ah. a that's a guy. I mean, after seeing what he did this year and just knowing his return history, what he brings to special teams, his value as a running back this year, sure. and just as an after the catch, you know, ability guy. That dude still has a yeah, ton that of juice. Yeah, that guy's just a weapon. You just get just put the ball in his hands and let him let him go to work. Yeah, I mean, he, and he's not going to give you much as a wide receiver, but. I think no. you could find another uh, enough uses, especially because the Chargers love to use their wide receivers as special teams players. So, if Andre Roberts isn't in the mix, I mean, shoot, even if he was, you'd have to take a look at Cordero Patterson. But we did get a question I want to talk about about Justin Jackson, David, and you know what it's going to be like for him going forward because he's a guy that's obviously had a ton of injuries. But Zachary Espaquita says. We saw how important it could be to have a good RB2 and, you know, for Echo, Jackson stepped it up late, but we know his injuries had history. How do we think the Chargers address this? Resigning JJ acquiring a free agent or drafting one in an earlier round. So I'm not, I don't want a first round pick running back, but how do you think that situation gets down? Yeah, I, I have no, I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, I know JJ has, you know, played well towards the end, end of the season, but uh, that ship has sailed for me. He just, Oh really? Way, way too injured in his career. And I just, I don't think the Chargers can bring him back just based off of how many games 
he's missed. The potential is there. The ability is there when he's on the field, um, unless it came really cheap. But I don't think he's the backup option. I think the Chargers need to go in a more in a bigger direction. They need a bigger back to really complement Austin Eckler and a guy I would really love the Chargers to bring in who is going to be a free agent is Dearness Johnson, the running back from the Browns. Um, he had a pretty solid year, averaged 5.3 yards per carry on 100 carries with three touchdowns. I just think that guy, the way he runs, he runs very, very physical. I think he would be a great complement to Austin Eckler, and I don't think that contract would be huge either. Yeah, I mean, I'd like the flyer under Ernest Johnson. I mean, I think Justin Jackson will be back just because I think that the Chargers know they don't have a number two running back right now without him because it's like, I mean, I would rather let Josh Kelly or Larry Roundtree walk after one season than, you yeah. know, Justin Jackson just because of what he has brought to the table when he has been out there. But I think the thing is, though, is even if you bring Justin Jackson back, that doesn't change how you feel about the running back position or your need yeah. to bring somebody else in. And you can have, you know, Larry Roundtree and Josh Kelly fight it out for RB4 special team slot, right? I mean, you have to bring in as much competition as possible. And there's some guys, I mean, I wish Rashad Penny didn't have the injury history he did because I'd be all over that. Oh, yeah. I think that Philip Lindsay is another guy, really, really cheap flyer option. I know he had a bad season with between Miami and Houston, but, like, that's Miami and Houston, you know, two bad offensive lines. And, like, he was always really solid with Denver, a more physical guy that I thought, you know, could play pretty well even as a smaller guy in some of the situations the Chargers would need him in as a dependable, you know, kind of guy that can take some carries away and do what he has to do but we do have more to get into and we have some other twitter questions that didn't fit into these first two segments so coming up after this we'll talk about what we liked and didn't like from brandon staley after one season we'll also get into what we expect to see from josh palmer going into his second year and also what we think the chargers or who we think the chargers breakout candidates could be besides him going in to 2022 i definitely have one in mind that the, the you know questioner didn't actually bring up so excited for that and we'll get into that Coming up after this, but I do need to tell you guys about TurboTax Live because it's what I'm going to be using for my taxes this year. But people think unusual circumstances mean complicated taxes. But for TurboTax Live experts, that's what makes things interesting. Maybe you inherited a condo or are renting it out. Maybe you're getting paid in crypto and aren't sure how it's taxed. For TurboTax Live experts, an interesting life can leave an even greater refund. Luckily, TurboTax Live can match you with the right expert who has experience in your unique situation, and they can answer all of your tax questions right from your phone or computer. They can even take care of the whole filing process for you. Whether you launched your own startup or are working multiple jobs and juggling multiple incomes, an experienced TurboTax Live expert can help you during the entire filing process or do your taxes for you from start to finish to get you the tax deductions that you deserve. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. You do your thing. They've got your taxes into it. TurboTax Live. All right, David, we have some more Twitter Tuesday questions to get into here. Actually, I want to start this one with one I wasn't sure if we we're going to get into, but I know a lot of people are asking about Vic Fangio. And I don't think it's going to happen. I know we had Josh G ask us in our, you know, on Twitter about if they would bring back Fangio. But I'll with Ronaldo, he'll yeah. still in place. I don't think he's coming in for anything less than a defensive coordinator. He might yeah. even want to call the plays to help him get his next head coaching opportunity, potentially. So I just don't think it's going to happen. I mean, I think he'd probably be better in that position than Ronaldo Hill, just as someone who basically, you know, created the system that Brandon Staley created his system off of to yeah. some extent, right? And who he learned under the most, at least at the NFL level. But it's just not going to happen. I mean, I just the, don't The see Chargers are, are not going to get rid of two coordinators in the same offseason. I just think there's no way that's going to happen. 
Well, and the other thing is that I think for Vic Fangio, he's probably hoping to hook up with somebody who gets one of these next head coaching jobs in this cycle this year to jump back out, turn somebody's defense around, right? I mean, because that's the thing is if he did come here, obviously he'd be turning around a really bad unit this season, right? Uh, Mm Because that wasn't good. But at the same time, Brandon Staley probably gets a little bit of that credit as well. So I don't know if you'd want to be in the shadow of, you right. know, you, of your You want to be mentee. in the main spotlight. You don't want to have somebody there as a supporting actor. You want to be the main guy. Yeah, so let's get into this next one from Ladder Splatter here who asks, the top five things you love about Coach, leave the least five things that you like about Coach and everybody can improve on next year. So, Dave, we're not going to do five, but if you want to give a couple of things you liked about Brandon Staley and one thing you didn't like about Brandon Staley in year one, what would they be? Yeah, I think that the first thing that that stuck out to me as soon as we were introduced to Brandon Staley was the communication skills. He's just such a sharp communicator. He explains things very thoroughly. You seem you 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 know you listen to him talk and you feel like this is somebody you've known for a long time. So really love that. I think the, he's a relationship builder. I think that's the second thing you love about him. His players really speak highly of him, and you can tell they really have created a, a really good culture there in that building. And the third thing I like um, is the aggressiveness. I mean, after having a couple of really, really traditional head coaches back to back to see the chargers bring in a guy who is going to go out there and be aggressive and trust in his guys. Uh, I think uh, I love that brand of football a lot more than uh, punting in stupid situations. So, and then I think mm-hmm. the biggest thing that I, I don't like or, um, is just been something I hope improves uh, as he continues to be the head coach is, you know, the you know, sticking by certain players. I yeah. just think that they've had Kenneth Murray on the field way too much. I think that, and you know, experimenting with him and moving him around uh, also, you know, Jerry Tillery and, you know, those guys not playing a lot in the preseason also irked me, but uh, just sticking by guys when it just seems obvious that there are, were better options that were on the roster that could have, been a lot more impactful than the, the guys that they decided to put out there yeah i mean i think as far as the communications go i mean that's brandon staley's one of his biggest gifts for sure i mean yeah. you obviously saw when he was with the rams and you know what he's been able to do throughout his coaching career how you know good he can be defensively and scheming and things like that and you didn't see it this year right and obviously that's something that's gonna have to improve it's gonna have to be better play calling and knowing who you have better and getting these guys that aren't your starters better ready to play if they have to come in because that's just the life of the nfl yeah, But as far as communication goes, I mean, <clears throat> I'm already like pretty certain Brandon Staley is a good coach. And I mean, that's kind of been our take this whole time. I mean, through this is like we believe in Brandon Staley at this point. Like, I'm not oh, going to yeah. doubt him after one season. I mean, there's so many good coaches, obviously, that are out there that if you base them just on their first season, it would be pretty terrible. Right. But through his communication and just the way you were seeing him be able to teach people and how much his players seem to have bought into him. Right. It just it makes you feel like they're going in the right direction, even if you didn't see the results defensively that you needed. But you did see him, right, at least manage the team that had one of the best offenses in the NFL, too, and handle the development of Justin Herbert great as well. So just his, you know, how genuine he is, his transparency. But the biggest thing, yeah, is, I mean, playing those players and then straight up telling you, like, Kenneth Murray's the best man coverage linebacker and thing like that, like, that's just like, well, are you, like, insulting our intelligence? Because it didn't definitely didn't seem like that when he was out there. But I also like that he's, you know, able to openly praise his players too, unlike Anthony Lynn, you know, back up for a reason and all of those <laughs> things. Like he's not afraid to tell you when his players are doing well and in his own ways tell you when players aren't doing the things they need to be doing. But 
Let's get into this next one here from Bolta, Maryland, who says 33 catches, 353 yards, four touchdowns for Josh Palmer in his rookie year. How do you feel his rookie year went? And what do you think we see from him in 2022? So I, I thought he looked really good. I mean, I think that's what you expect. Maybe even, you know, exceeded expectations for a third round wide receiver in his first season. But I think you saw the great strong hands. I think you saw the ball tracking to some extent, even though he wasn't targeted deep a bunch. And I think you saw the chemistry between him and Justin Herbert really grow as the season went forward. And that was something they started every day after practice during training camp and things like that. So I'm expecting big things from Josh Palmer going into year two. It'll be interesting to see what happens. If they add another offensive playmaker and explosive guy, if they bring back Mike Williams, where does he fit in, right? So all those are questions that we have to see with the personnel. But with where he's currently at, David, I definitely see the trajectory going way up for this dude. Well, the the way I look at Josh Palmer is kind of the heir apparent to Keenan Allen. I, I just I, I see a lot of their bodies of work uh, that are very similar, very strong hands, very good route runners. Um, a, a guy who it seems like is getting earning more and more trust as he is playing with Justin Herbert, a guy who stayed after practice every single day to catch passes from Justin Herbert, a guy who's really just trying to foster that relationship. And as Keenan Allen gets further and further over that, you know, 30 age mark uh, as, as a weapon, I, I think that, you know, that's something that he's really going to try to turn into, or the chargers hope that he is going to be able to turn into. Um, and I think that's the way I look at it, but uh, I love what I saw from Josh Palmer in his first season. This kid really loves the game. He's a professional. Uh, he's putting in that extra work. And I think as he continues to play with Justin Herbert more, I think he's going to be in more and more of those high leverage situations. Yeah, I think so too. His, his role is only going to get bigger and bigger. And you just like, you know, even in the plays where it was fourth and 21 in the last game of the season to get into the playoffs, right? He runs a good route, yeah. sets it up nicely, makes a big time catch. And we saw that, you know, trying to come back from the Patriot in the Patriots game, they're, you know, way down and, he makes a miraculous catch to the front corner of the end zone against a good coverage defender there. Like we just saw some pretty cool moments from him and some plays where he was off page, you know, not on the same page with Justin Herbert, but that seemed to get better. And you know, those two dudes are working at that chemistry all the time, which gives you the most hope, I think. But just in general, David, I mean, we talked about our <laughs> breakout players this year. We're not going to go back and talk about who our breakout players were this year because it's not the day for that. But, and it definitely wasn't Kenneth Murray for me. But at the same time, David, it's time to look to 2022 because that's what's most important at this point. And Casey O'Mac has possible breakout candidates for next year. I think McKitty, Hymas, Rumpf, Murray, and Mike Davis are guys that could or will have an opportunity to do that. So I'll let you go first, David. Your breakout candidate early on in the 2022 offseason for next year. I'm going to give you two names, and I think the first one on defense for me is Nick Neiman. I think Nick ne Nick Neiman, if he puts on some good weight, I really love the way he is aggressive and and he really seeks out that ball carrier. He's able to shed some blocks, even you know as a smaller type of guy. And I just love the energy that he plays with. And then on, on offense, this is the main attraction for me, and it's Donald Parham Jr. I think okay. Donald Parham is going to step into that, uh, yeah, that number one pass first, catching yeah. role. Uh, yeah, I, th I think they're going to re-sign him, bring him back for that number one pass catching role. And I think you're going to really see him get the lion's share of the targets. They're going to let Jared Cook go. He's going to be that number one guy. And I think they're going to target him a lot. So that's going to turn into a breakout year for Donald Parham Jr. When I think you feel better about the fact that another guy that could break out is Trey McKitty, at least a little bit, right? And a, yeah. a moderate breakout I could definitely see from Trey McKitty. Because one thing I did think he earned this season 
was the respect of his coaches that he can go out there and play and, you know, be physical at this level. And I mean, yeah. his route running was always the thing that was going to take the most time, but you get more snaps by being reliable when you are out there. And that's something that he was, he caught his targets, right. Which were very yeah. few, but at the same time, you know, showed a little bit after the catch, a hard guy to bring down pretty sure hands. And as a blocker, he was easily their best blocking tight end as no a question. And that's what they drafted him to be. So I could see that role and what he did as a blocker turning into more opportunities as a pass catcher as well. And I think the other one for me, David, defensively, it's Asante Samuel Jr. to me, and it's yeah, not close. Sure. Because I think for me, he's the guy that I think you could see the biggest jump from. Because one thing we did see was even some of the plays he gave up. Like he gave up a touchdown against Pittsburgh to Deontay Johnson, one of the best route runners in the league. Yeah. Put a filthy move on him. He still recovered and almost broke it up, right? We saw a lot of almost breaking it up. And Asante Samuel Jr.'s first season. And I think the one thing that'll come back was his tentative tackling towards the end of the year. He got a couple of concussions. His tackling wasn't the same, but he was tackling great before that, right? I mean, you think back to the first game of the season, he's the one that knocks up Antonio Gibson to get Kazir White in for a fumble that ends up turning that entire game around. Yeah. And when you look at what Asante Samuel Jr. was able to do as a rookie, there were obviously some growing pains. He had to miss a ton of time. But I think another year in Brandon Staley's system and just the fight and the ability to break on footballs that we saw from him as a rookie, like I think you could see him get five interceptions next year, right? Well, Go hopefully with a five. better pass rush too and a better defensive line, that's going to make his job much easier and give him more opportunities to take the ball away. Well, yeah, and I mean, we saw what the two picks he did have, right? When the ball was in the air, it wasn't even necessarily targeted towards his receiver, right? But he just went out and made a play on the football. And I think when you see a guy that, you know, is so – aggressive at the point of attack or at the catch point i should say and when the ball is in the air like that those are the dudes you root for we saw a couple of penalties i think that gets cleaned up a little bit from him but i think i mean especially you know if he's mixing in time in the slot where i think he can still be really good if they add another outside corner yeah. i think he can still play outside corner as well but he's definitely right now as we're early in the 2022 offseason the guy i'm keeping an eye on and the guy i think you could see the biggest jump from like i think we could be thinking about him as the better corner between him and Michael Davis after next season, right, going forward. So he might have been the better corner out of the two of them this season. But that's a conversation for a different day. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. We also did have a question out there about postseason awards, and we've been teasing that for a long time. So tomorrow will be the day we will get into our postseason awards and give out some awards for the team. Offensive player of the year, MVP, defensive, biggest surprise, right, maybe biggest letdown to – and we'll throw some creative ones in there as well. But that's going to do it for today's show. Till next time, guys, make sure to follow us wherever you get your podcast from. You can find the show, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or you can watch us on our new YouTube channel at Locked On Chargers YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe there so you guys can catch up with everything we're doing on there. But you guys can also find the show every day on all of our social media. If you guys want to, you can find us on Twitter at Locked On LAC. You can find us on Instagram at Locked On Chargers. And you can also find our Locked On Chargers Facebook page as well as finding me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports and David Jokemeyer on Twitter at DrotalkSD. We will get into some voicemails. A lot of the ones we have right now are post-game reactions to the last game. Give us your off-season questions about free agency, about where the team is, any questions that you guys have. You can find the number at 323-524-7924, and we'll keep getting into that. But tomorrow is for the postseason awards, so we'll be giving out and handing out these accolades tomorrow. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.